Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s in New York City, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Welcome back. It's a new episode, it's a new week, and it is a snow day. Well, at least that's what it would have been back in the 80s, we hoped. So it snowed about a foot up here in the Catskills and right now it's just so cold I I can't even explain how cold it is and I I just um it's just everything is just white even the sky was like pure white today it's 21 degrees right now and it's going to go down to about 15 degrees tonight and it's just a marshmallow world out there So I don't know how schools get alerts for, I think it's like two hour delays now. I don't know if you really get like full snow days, but we used to have to wait at like five o'clock in the morning for a phone call and we'd hear it and go right back to sleep. And I will never forget that that was the best sleep ever was knowing that you got to go back to sleep because it snowed and you didn't have to go to school that day. Now, of course, that meant everyone wanted to go outside and play in the snow. But luckily for my mother, my sister and I kind of liked to rest and lounge around the house, too. So we would like to, you know, watch like the Munsters and the Adams Family. And of course, The Price is Right. And today is Bob Barker's 99th birthday. That is amazing. Happy birthday. What a life you have lived. Don't forget to spay and neuter your pets. And I always have because of Bob Barker. And he taught us a lot of lessons. Also counting and retail. And if something's worth it or not. Those are things that I learned from Bob Barker. And I also really loved him in Happy Gilmore when he punched him in the face and said, The price is wrong, bitch. So we would have been still in pajamas, you know, well until noon at least probably having like some kind of pancakes and hot chocolate and whatever sitting in front of the TV and those were just the most special days the snow days because everyone got the same day off so everyone was at least behind a day in school and today I woke up just thinking about that and it was always great when it was a Monday because Sunday it still is the hardest sleep but I think Sunday's the hardest sleep when you have to go to school because at least when you have to go to work you're getting paid so I was happy for this snow day today and to sit down and last night watch how the Grinch stole Christmas and Christmas vacation and there's just so many Christmas movies there's a new Christmas story coming up I can't wait to watch that And everything just kind of seems to be going back to the 80s. And I was thinking about it. And our phrase, our catchphrase, it's not whatever. It's not it is what it is. I think what most defines Gen X is I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Like, do you remember right after Thanksgiving? It was like the beginning of December. Maybe it was earlier and that Christmas catalog for Toys R Us came out and you would sit there and pour over the whole thing. And I remember trying to keep it from my sister so that I could circle everything first that I wanted. 
so that she couldn't get it too or something ridiculous like that because we were still a little competitive. But then also there were two girls and we liked a lot of the same things. So like Barbie dolls and Cabbage Patch dolls and we had gotten so many of those. My grandmother loved to buy everything. So there were so many different kinds of gifts. So after a while, it wasn't competitive, but it was like, oh, well, you got that and I got this. So now we have like one of each because we pretty much shared everything at a certain point. You know, I guess I think when you get older, um, you know, there's a big difference between, I think, four and eight. But I think like, you know, six or seven and like 11, 12, like it's not it's not that big of a of a jump you can still kind of get along and find things in common at least my sister and I did and Christmas was one of those things so when I was a kid my mother I don't know who did it I don't know who embroidered this thing it might have been her but it was a big angel like the advent calendars that you know everyone has with the candy in it except this was embroidered with 25 pockets and they were numbered 1 through 25 So every day, it wasn't like the elf on the shelf or anything. It was the angel would visit. And there was something small that would fit in the pocket. So maybe it was a piece of candy. Um, Maybe it was like a little ring, you know, like not a gumball machine ring, but I don't know. There's always something really creative in there. And it was, you know, one for me and one for my sister. So sometimes it would not be like in the little pocket, but like underneath it. But it was really great to have that countdown and get these little, like, 25 small gifts. So we had that. And then it was, like, making the Christmas cookies. And there were a few traditions that we had. So you guys have heard me talk to Melinda a lot. And she and I, our families, used to have Christmas Eve when we all lived close. It was Christmas Eve together for like an afternoon and then we all went to our homes for the evening or church or whatever we were doing and we would exchange gifts on Christmas Eve and then before COVID we were doing it the day before Christmas Eve because then everyone started having kids and having to do like their own things and run around so we would do this gingerbread making day with all the kids it was adorable and even if it was snowing on Christmas or Christmas Eve we would still all make sure that we got together because that was our tradition. And we did this for, wow, close, at least 40 something years, like no joke. We were just always together on Christmas. So we would sit down and watch movies or, you know, just exchange gifts and like hang out and just kind of catch up. And, you know, we weren't the ones who would just like just the kids would exchange gifts with the kids. We would also buy like our parents gifts. So I would give Melinda's mom a gift, Melinda's aunt a gift. She would give my mother and like father a gift. So we would give each other's grandparents a gift. So we were really into all of that. And Christmas Eve in the Italian tradition is the feast of the seven fishes. And I'm going to go into that a little bit further in another episode but we would have in later years like 
you know, a tray of sushi put out with like some, you know, stuffed mushrooms and then some lobster tails. It was like the funniest thing, all of these different foods on Christmas Eve, but it was always a great time and always a party. And especially when there was snow like this, it just made it so much more special. I think one of my favorite things about Christmas morning was, of course, waking up earlier than my parents. And I didn't know who was going to wake up first, me or my sister. It was usually my sister because, you know, I was just older than her and I wanted more sleep. But she used to wake me up and we used to actually like creep into the living room and it was barely lit. And we would see all the presents sitting there and it was so exciting, but we knew we had to wait. So we would go over to the stockings and, you know, we would like rip apart these stockings, which were always filled with like great stuff like lip gloss, chapsticks, nail polishes. When we were a little older, we would get um, some kind of little like old fashioned game in there. My mother would, well, it was Santa Claus back then, <laughs> but my mother would put like an orange in there like they used to do in the Victorian times. Oh, and I don't know if you guys got this a lot, but like socks and toothpaste and a toothbrush, that was almost always in there. But it was really a great way to get like kids excited about getting like a new toothbrush and brushing their teeth. So, you know, then it was Christmas Day. And if we didn't go to Christmas Mass the night before on Christmas Eve, it was get up and get ready for that. And then it was, you know, usually go to my grandmother's house and have like a big huge dinner now i want to explain that this is how we did it for christmas and the way that you see things if you like follow any italian americans who talk about the food on any holiday this is the truth <clears throat> so we would have the antipasto which was like the hot and the cold and that was all of the Italian meats and cheeses and olives and peppers, you name it. And there was a salad on the table at that point. So we would have all of that. And if we put out the nice plates, we would have to go and rinse off our plate with the salad dressing and the antipast. So you would rinse off your plate and rinse off your fork and take it back to the table. And then they would bring out the pasta. So whether it was lasagna, baked ziti, stuffed shells, those were the usuals on our table. So then you would have your pasta and you would rinse off your plate again. And then they would bring out the ham or roast beef for Christmas. And then there was potatoes and green beans and stuffing and like all the sides. So we threw in two extra courses in there plus your main course, plus your side dishes. And then we would hang out and we would have a bunch of cake and cookies and pastries all from the Italian bakeries. Now this was after eating with Melinda's family in the afternoon and then having our own seafood dinner that night with coffee and cake and tea and all of that. So after we would finish there, we would go to the Bronx and go see some other relatives. And sometimes my cousins from Brooklyn, who also live in Staten Island now, they would come and visit Brooklyn, I mean the Bronx too. 
So we would have like this other like second family reunion on Christmas. It was insane. And we would just hop around. And, you know, if anybody knows from the Bronx, you know, the Christmas house and the Christmas house started out in the 70s and they had a bunch of decorations and then it built up to so many different things. But I've heard that it's kind of diminished in years, but it's hard. It's hard to keep that up. So yeah, it began in 1974. So my parents had pictures of this house since two years before I was born, the year that they got married. So, you know, they were like making their own stuff, fiberglass, human forms, um, to make all of these like figurines. And they had 200 of them at one point. So it has diminished. It's right on Pelham Parkway. It's been, you know, an institution. It was just like going to see Santa Claus. Now, where I used to see him, it was in a little house. It was a Santa's house that Cross County Shopping Mall built, or Cross County Shopping Center, I guess, yeah they built this little Santa's like village and a house that you would go into. So it wasn't in like Macy's or a department store, like in a Christmas story and on TV. So I always thought that that was like so made up because I had seen for years in Yonkers, New York, this little house being built. But then, you know, later in life, I would go work at the mall and they had like Santa set up at the malls and all that stuff. And I actually haven't... Yeah, I haven't been to the mall in a long time to see any kind of Christmas decorations or to the city to see the Rockefeller tree or Saks Fifth Avenue. I love all that stuff. I love New York City at Christmas. I love how absolutely frigid the cold air is and Bryant Park and all the great foods and little gifts you can find. There's just so much about this season, so I'm going to get into a lot of the movies and what they meant to us and how I think Christmas has changed and my hopes for the future. And one of my hopes is that this war in Ukraine ends. So I'm going to leave you with the immortal words of John Lennon. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over and a new one's just begun. So war is over if you want it. I don't know if the collective consciousness can help, but I know how cold it is up here. So I cannot imagine how people in Ukraine who had warm, beautiful homes comfortable safe homes to live in are living right now in the cold so if you have it in you if you have anything to donate to a cause that you know the money will go to Ukraine a trusted cause please consider making a donation to change someone's life because no one deserves a war and their home to be destroyed so I'll leave you with that thought Thank you for listening to this episode of Messy Closet and don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.